If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 449 for June 22nd. Yes, not 23rd. We're recording a day early today. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I want to welcome back my my summer of gaming hero, IGN. Hardest working editorial guy right now, Brandon Tyrell. Uh, it is I'll so good it. to have you back on the podcast, my friend. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. It's good to be back. It's finally nice to be able to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, you've been uh, scale- scheduling up a storm, just managing all kinds. Put you're you've been putting out editorial fires left and right, and uh, we appreciate it. the The summer of gaming stuff's been looking great, and people we've been getting a ton of views, and people seem to be really enjoying it. So, great job to you and and Dan Parkhurst and all, like the ton of behind the scenes people put it on yeah there's a, a huge team huge team doing all of it and and i'm we're all super proud and stoked it seems like everyone really enjoys it and it's nice to have an event like thing in june still so uh we're just happy all around excellent and then uh the face you might not recognize very thrilled to be welcoming cicero holmes this week big <laughs> xbox fan uh big content creator We'll get to that in a second, but Cicero, hello. Well, f- thank you. Uh, I think that intro deserves a bam. Uh, nice. Says, yeah, nice yeah, Destin, yeah, gotta, again, don't need Destin. him back. Yeah. Need him. <laughs> the last three weeks have shown, and now four weeks have shown, don't need Destin anymore. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Uh, it is fantastic to have you. So uh, I met you on the Spawn on Me podcast last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time. We've been Thank following you. each other on social ever since. Yes. And uh, so you, I got to get into this with you for a second before okay. we get into talking Xbox, because right. I just I, I, I love this about you. You host the Discovery Debrief, which uh, you can and should follow on Twitter at DSC Debrief, all one word. It is a Star Trek podcast. Yes. Please tell me about this. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a uh, Star Trek podcast that uh, I host with uh, three other people, um, and we talk about the latest treks into uh, start the Star Trek universe. So uh, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, Lower Decks, um, 
the and all of the upcoming stuff that is that is on its way, as well as uh, extent, extended books. We've we've had interviews with authors from the extended universe uh, and some of our favorite episodes in, in the entire Star Trek mythos. Love it. So I got to ask you before we get talking about Xbox, because sure. you're certainly passionate about that as well. You got to yeah. give me a what did you think about Picard? Because I have strong feelings about it. I'm a huge TNG fan. I love the character Jean-Luc Picard. Right. I love Sir Patrick Stewart. Right. What do you think of that show uh, after season one? And what is your favorite Trek series and Trek film of all okay. time? All right. So uh, what did I think of Picard? I thought Picard was very good. It was a very mature um, version of Picard, not only, not only because he was older, but because... Uh, they dealt with the series dealt with uh, his mortality and and dealt with, I guess, our own uh, understandings of that as we are probably now 20 years older than we were when we watched uh, TNG. So I so I, it, it gave me it gave me a lot of the feels Um there were there were definitely ups and downs in the series, but I am uh, very excited to see it continue and see what they have in store for us. For season two, my favorite series of uh, Star Trek series of all time. The correct answer is Star Trek Deep Space Nine, of course. Um, but uh, and my favorite film. Ooh, uh, I mean, easy, easy answer is Wrath of Khan. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, to me, one that really, really did it for me was. uh Oh crap! I just brain farted on it, but uh, the one where they go back in time with the Borg. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> first contact. First contact. The one, the one first contact. Party, that's right? my favorite yes, as well. Yes, that's yes. my favorite. First, I'm, I'm right, right con- there with yeah. you. I love first that contact. movie. Yeah, first contact. Uh, it was so great that I couldn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. So, yeah. fellow Trek fans, check out yes. Cicero's podcast, Discovery yes. Debrief. Yes. Is there a regular cadence to the shows, or are you kind of um, them? so we so we there was a regular cadence when this when the series are going. Um, we have kind of taken a break because two of our hosts have had their first child. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, so congratulations, uh, Chris and, and Rachel. Um, and uh, so we're we're kind of like in that place where it's a break, but not a break. So hey, you're on, you're on hiatus. Just like, yeah, yourself. yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a little, just a little, but we will be coming back soon. So, well, um, cool. I mean, and, but people are coming to yeah, go back and look at all your, check out all your old episodes. About absolutely. And especially, so. yeah, especially if you haven't watched discovery and you haven't watched Picard, you can watch, you can watch the episodes and then listen along to the show uh, where we break down each episode. Fantastic. Good yes, stuff. Yes. Well, welcome, Cicero. Uh, real quick, let's mention, of course, Brandon's Summer of Gaming and the t- uh, Sam Brandon and the team still rolling. Uh, <laughs> are we, we're recording on Monday. What, what's the general rough plan this week, Brandon? Like, which days are we on? So this week you can look out for more Summer of Gaming. Um, it hasn't been announced yet, but it might be soon. We're adding another Expo Day because we oh, had good. too much stuff to show off. Yeah. Um, so you can look out for that stuff on Wednesday and Thursday, the 24th and 25th of this week. Brilliant. Obviously, there's already some showcases announced on those days, so we'll be kind of aligning our content with that content as well. But yeah, the uh, two more uh, live days of Summer of Gaming this week. Uh, Night City Wire is part of that, right? Cyberpunk mm-hmm. is in the mix there. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're actually Paris Lilly, who was on the show uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks yeah. ago. He will be on that panel. He will be co-hosting that on uh, for so us. Awesome. So. 
super stoked about that because he is I think he might know more about cyberpunk than all of us put together. Like, yeah. He's all yeah. the way down the rabbit hole in the very best of ways. So when, when, when Paris, when Paris, uh, shout out to Paris and Gamertag radio, all those guys over there. But uh, yeah, when, when Paris finds something that he's passionate about, yeah. he doesn't half step. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. picturing just the board with like string attached to anything. Oh, yeah. like, oh, nervously smoking a cigarette. hundred, a hundred percent. <laughs> A hundred percent. It's always sunny. It's, 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 right. Yeah. Instead, yeah. instead of uh, nervously smoking a cigarette, uh, he's nervously doing burpees. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Strong body, oh, strong man. mind. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. And then, yeah, hope you hope everybody enjoyed the Jason Ronald interview about yes. smart delivery on Series yeah. X last week. Yes. Stay tuned. Uh, Jason will return to Unlocked in the not too distant future to talk more Series X with us. And then I wanted to quickly plug IGN Unfiltered, new episode drops Tuesday, which may be tomorrow as you're hearing this, might be right now. And that will be with Max Schaefer and Matt Ullman. They are two of the original developers from Blizzard North, the creators of Diablo. Next week is the is the 20th anniversary of Diablo 2, one of my top five games of all time, which 20 years, that means... I feel very old, but uh, we're celebrating that. And then they've, of course, they've got Torchlight 3 cooking mm -hmm. right now. In fact, I think it just hit early access. So check out that interview. And that's it. Let's roll. Let's get into things. Uh, the big thing since we last recorded, of course, EA Play. You know, the, we've, we've, been, we've been getting our diet of, of press conferences <laughs> spread way out now rather than just like a Thanksgiving Day binge. It's all, it's all been uh, piecemealed out. So general reactions here. Uh, I'm going to start with Cicero. What did you make of EA Play last week? Um, so I'm going to I'm going to do my best to uh, give the glass half full um, version version of uh, my understanding of it. Um, EA has, I think, rightfully been the poster child for corporate events in gaming. Um, especially when it comes to their presentations where you get like uh, if, if people say, oh, uh, E3 isn't isn't what it used to be. I think a thing that they can point to is the EA press conferences. And this press conference, while was fun, especially considering, you know, the challenges that they had with it, um, it, it didn't do anything to dissuade people from feeling that way. Uh, but uh, having said that, I was very, very excited about what they've done with their EA originals, which is historically over the last over the last couple of years since they've introduced them with Unraveled. Um, I, I think that they have always kind of stolen the show um, from from those EA showcases, and I think that they did the exact same thing uh, to uh, this time. But also, uh, Star Wars Squadron is surprisingly more robust. Than I than I had given it credit for due to its price point, yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with all of the things that they are at least alluding to in the conversations that we got to see. Um, Excellent. And and Greg Miller's a bum. So, <laughs> well, geez. Love, on that love, note, love we, have you, Greg. Quick, <laughs> we have a quick ad break because we got to keep the lights on, like my actual house lights on, with from IGN paying me a salary. We've got a sponsor this week. So real quick, we'll be right back. Let's check out some of our Warface breakout Let's Play. Uh, make sure to check out the full video as well. We'll be right back.
All right, Brandon Tyrell, you're up next. EA Play, uh, how'd you feel about it this year? So I'll be 100% honest. <clears throat> I was working during the EA Play <laughs> event, uh, so I didn't actually watch the show. I, I yeah. don't want, I, so I can't really speak to it from like a viewership perspective, right? Or, or as, as an audience member. But I, I, I went through and watched the announcements afterward. Yeah. I totally agree with Cicero. I think. Um, every year, the thing that surprises me the most, look, it's EA, you know, you're going to get a shooter or a shooter information, you know, you're going to get sports information. Uh, as long as they have the Star Wars license, you know, that's going to be a, a real hot topic as well. But the EA original stuff is something that caught me off guard. Always interesting to see Joseph Ferris again. <clears throat> um, this time around, you know, it, it sort of was a little more about Joseph Ferris, but his his new game looks, you know, as interesting as anything else that we've seen come out of the EA original space as well. <clears throat> and that's that yeah and it's called it takes two and that's high praise actually because you know, what was it last year was sea of solace which was an incredible little uh little game sea about of solitude i believe sea of solitude yeah, yeah. Solitude, yeah. about yeah. isolation and loneliness and before that it was Faye or, or fee and then of Faye, course, yep. the unravel series so <clears throat> a lot of really cool interesting things coming out of ea originals and the one that really really caught me was um what is it roll roll of the dice lost Lucky. in random Lost in random, okay. Way off. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a dice. You're rusty. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm very rusty. I'm also very tired. Uh, yeah, it it was cool. Like, no, no. I mean, look, like I love D and D, right? So right. dice automatically speak to me. But it had like a very sort of Tim Burton esque vibe to it. Like uh, more Nightmare Before Christmas um, than I think I was expecting. And the longer the trailer went, the more interesting it got. So I really love that. Um, outside of that, a little disappointed we didn't get to see a whole lot out of the sports stuff. Um, as a big football fan, I was really looking forward to seeing what Madden was going to look like on Next Gen Tech. Um, but I think, honestly, <clears throat> I love Star Wars, right, as much as the next person, but I don't love Star Wars the way, like, Max and Brian love Star Wars. Okay. So uh, the Squadrons looks very cool, and I'm very excited to jump in a TIE Fighter or an X-Wing or a B-Wing or a Y-Wing or any wing. Uh, and and blow some stuff up. But what really, really got me was the next-gen sort of teasers at the end, um, speaking primarily to what BioWare is working on, because I don't know about you guys, but that looked like Dragon Age 4 to me. Well, I should hope so, because they didn't identify it. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. we don't... Yeah, I mean, presumably it's <laughs> Dragon Age. But yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Madden, because I, uh, and I mean, FIFA was part of that little sizzle as well. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Like, I I get it. I think I understand their thinking, not that I necessarily agree with it, but I, I'm, my guess is that they were trying to basically not Osborne effect the current gen versions and, and just blow out the next gen and, and then, yeah. then nobody would buy the game that's coming out in what next month, July, yeah. the end of July yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is uh, current gen Madden, even though they're doing the free upgrade thing, but at the same through, point through the end of the year, right? Uh, oh, no, through 2021 now. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, I believe until the next year's to, yeah, till till the next, next year's Madden. Out. Yeah, that's very so cool. And I, I wonder how much of that policy change has come from Microsoft's, you know, uh, processes that they've put in place where like you buy one version of it and you just get the best one. I wonder if that's kind of putting pressure or not, maybe not pressure, but sort of like nudging everybody in the same direction. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Cicero. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I, I think Brandon's correct. Like, I, it, I think that it's it's incentivized people to to be 
a little bit more generous, um, you know, if if that's if that's a good term. Um, I, I I think overall, and if we get a chance to talk about it, I think um, Microsoft is still behind the eight ball with with the Xbox. But I think uh, in terms of messaging and and delivering on on good PR speak uh, and and fostering goodwill with with their user base. Uh, and with the gaming gaming space at large, they're doing fantastically well. And and I think other companies, other other publishers, and other uh, console manufacturers are looking at what they're doing and trying to see how they can incorporate those things with it. Yeah. So to to illustrate the point, I mentioned this on Next Gen Console Watch last week, but I think it's relevant to bring up here too. And in, in continued praise of of Microsoft and how the smart delivery initiative has really move things forward for uh, for consumers, for, for being pro for, as a pro-consumer thing. If you go back to the transition from the original Xbox to the 360, uh, there, were, there were two games that I can immediately think of. There may have been one or two more, but there were two games that came out for both the original Xbox and the 360 Cross in the fall of 2005. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it was, there was Gun, Gun? The, the, yep. the Western from Neversoft, uh, and also from Neversoft, whatever year's Tony Hawk game that was. I don't remember which which one it was. Right. But in both of those cases uh, from from Activision, uh, it was there was it was the exact same game on 360, but in 720p HD. That was our you know HD era jump. But it was ten bucks more. Same game, same exact content, just in HD. Ten bucks more. Call it the the HD tax or whatever it was, but. Compare that to now, and uh, it appears that Madden seemingly is is going and FIFA are going to be new games with different features and different tech, because otherwise they would probably just be smart delivery. I would think. Mm-hmm. So the fact that EA is is doing a smart delivery thing without actually doing smart delivery, you get you just get that that next gen upgrade for free. So that tells you how far we've come across a couple of generations. And and you guys are right. That's that's Microsoft deserves a lot of credit for that. Now, I didn't hear either of you bring up their uh, their mic drop at the end. Their was intended it no? mic drop. Is it a mic drop? Skate. <laughs> skate. So, guys, all right. I'll start with Cicero here. Are were, were you were you jazzed by that uh, announcement of Skate? What what uh, what did you make of it? So, I was never the biggest Skate fan, um, but I, my friends were. And I was excited for them until they finished the conversation, right? Like so, they, <laughs> they 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 started it by talking about skate, and the, you know they started by introducing those two people that are iconic with with that brand. Um, so you get really excited, and then once once the once the conversation is over, you're like, hey, wait, wait, uh, did they? Oh, it's a game. Is it coming? Is it four? Skate four? Is it a reboot? Like you know, what what is it? When is it? How is it? We know nothing. We saw a board. That <laughs> that, that, that is the it's it's got technology. It's technology. Pretty much. <laughs> Those are my exact feelings. Uh, when I I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. We didn't even get a name. No, yeah. nothing. Which like, is funny because I, I I'm watching it. It's, they're talking like, "Hey, the the skate team is here for you." We are, <laughs> sitting, and, and I'm I'm thinking like, "Okay, cool. This is going to be it. We're going to finally like uh, 
to to put myself in the same boat as Cicero, like I, I'm not a huge skate fan. Like I love the Tony Hawk series. I played skate. I'm just not like the fervent diehard audience. Yeah. Um, but I was very happy for those folks. I was like, finally, they're going to get it. This is it. They're going to do it. But what they did was the Star Wars thing again, which they did a year, two years ago now, three years ago now, where it was just like, which hey, I fall in order. we know you love Star Wars. <laughs> We're going to have some Star Wars. Right. We know you love skate. Guess what? You're going to get some skate. Not telling what? you when, not telling you what or even how or why, but there is skate on the horizon. So that's cool. Like, I mean, but it, it put, we're not, we didn't, we're still in square one. We didn't go anywhere. Like everyone has kind of assumed or hoped that just one right. was in the development. Now we know one is in the development, but we don't have any answers. Well, at one point, I think near the end of it, they said skate forever. So it's like, is it called skate forever as like a, <laughs> like a, forever. like yeah. this will be the last one, but Hey, we're making a new one. So please be excited kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. And is it, as Cicero said, is it a reboot? Is it a mobile game? Like, wouldn't that be the ultimate troll? Like be <laughs> a Diablo immortal style. Troll? I don't, I don't think any major publisher, <laughs> no. especially associated with blizzard, the way Activision is would ever, Try that. Try to pull that again. <laughs> but yeah, no, EA is probably smart enough to not not uh, pull that off. But um, if, you know, if, if, I, speak- if I can, if I can yeah. speculate on Skate f- Forever, uh, I think you you correctly uh, coined the phrase. But it could be that it just becomes a uh, a, a games a as a service. Yeah, yeah, as a platform. And and that it just works in perpetuity whenever they finally make the game and and deliver it to consumers. Yeah, I I will say uh, I think I mean obviously this is this has been in the works. They are making this. They didn't start yesterday. I don't think. I mean maybe they did. Maybe they did start yesterday. And they're like, we'll just put it on the stream. No, they they didn't do that. But they, they, <laughs> with like a napkin sketch. He's like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Five minutes. Okay, hold right. on. But they uh, but they do. They're. I'll tell you, they owe a tip of the cap or a a uh, flip of the truck or whatever to uh, to Activision of all people because the the Tony Hawk remasters that are out this fall are only going to light up interest in skating games again and yeah. it's gonna benefit it's gonna benefit ea whenever they whenever they do make some some tangible uh progress on on skate forever so so um, what you're saying is you think the skate announcement was a tactical marketing fast follow yes to capitalize off tony hawk <laughs> I, I don't no, know i got i gotta believe like look everybody in those all the major publishers have an idea of what all the other major publishers are kind of up to yeah um so i gotta imagine that you know everyone's aware that like in two years skateboarding games are going to be popular again so you know get in uh, the so game's good. the the one thing i want to go to go to cicero next year because the thing that jumped out at me and and uh was sort of the water cooler talk in the virtual IGN office afterwards was it's we're now in June of 2020 consoles, new next gen consoles are less than six months away and EA did not announce officially announce a single next gen video game. Not one. Well, it, Squadrons yeah, is, is current yeah. gen. Right. Uh, you know, there was the, the, uh, the EA originals weren't, specifically positioned as next gen games then we got the weird like hey check out the eyeballs from the battlefield guys right <laughs> check out this gray box world that motive's working on and so i that was the astounding part to me cicero was that 
they're they didn't they didn't go here's dragon age four like here's just a a an in-engine teaser of it nothing right yeah well i i think what we what we're seeing at least a little of is how staying at home has impacted games and and what uh, 2021 and maybe 2022 will kind of look like in terms of the the uh, scarcity and the the sparsity is that a word? Uh, sure, we're gonna roll with it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Of of tr- big AAA titles. Um. Because the if if some of those games needed to score or if they you know they needed some some type of work that also needed studios you you know that necessitated actually being in 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 the same place at the same time those games couldn't couldn't have been completed so i think what we got was their attempt at trying to put lipstick on a pig and you know and it's still a pig guys so uh so that like that's i think that i i want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that's what they were trying to do uh as opposed to th- them being completely tone deaf and thinking that they could just put out a bunch of like not even a sizzle reel of sizzle reels. Um, that you know, if anyone's a fan of uh, Married with Children, that was the toaster leavings of of sizzle reels right there. And and yeah, I like I I I want to think that it had something to do with the pandemic and their ability not to to complete at least something for for people to see. Yeah, I mean to to take a cue from you and and do the bl- the glass half full approach approach. Uh, boy, I cannot speak today. I don't know why yeah. it's Monday at eleven o'clock. I should be more in gear by now. But it was a long um, weekend. Long um, weekend. Side, yeah, Father's Day, guys. Come on, you know. <laughs> uh, on the plus side, EA Play twenty twenty one. Like next year, they are going to be well positioned to show off uh, some like major reveal, like tons of gameplay from Battlefield. Hopefully, we'll finally see something tangible from Dragon Age. Uh, hopefully, one or two other, you know, big new things as well. Uh, maybe whatever the the next step for that motive project that did not appear to be a Star Wars game, and then I'm uh, probably Jedi Fallen Order two could get announced or teased next year. So even if maybe we didn't get as much next gen stuff as we hope for this year, next year there should be uh, they should be pretty well positioned, but. But yeah, we talked about Lost and Random look great. Uh, it takes two. Yeah, we, you're right, Brandon. We didn't see it was mostly about Joseph. They they really didn't show gameplay, but I expect uh, they did say it's a 2021 game. So I guess it's yeah. probably just too early there. Yeah, uh, what that then, what that told me is like it's nowhere near any anywhere like a showable state. And yeah, you know, Joseph Ferris is sort of the most iconic figure of Hazelight and and their stuff right now. Like The Way Out and Brothers are fantastic games, but like. Mm-hmm. When you think of those that studio, you think of Joseph Ferris. So it makes right. sense. So, yeah. so uh, uh, it takes two was was my darling of the show. I know that a lot of people were were fans of Lost and Random, um, but Brothers did some incredible things with co op that that I had never seen before. Before you know, up until that point, and A Way Out was probably one of one of my top ten uh, experiences this generation. Um, playing that game in co-op and and just how digestible it was and being able to like share that game with a friend who doesn't own the game so that mm-hmm. we can play that game online. 
um, was just just fantastic. And the other thing about his games and and a way out specifically was just how French it was. So like culturally, there the way that they think about things is a little bit different from Americans. And I I really enjoyed that perspective in the game. Um, so Swedish I'm really, guy, you kind of you got like a French vibe from it. Yeah, well, well, yes. So, so uh, maybe maybe not French, but but European. I think. Yeah, the, the, yeah. So like, he's yeah, like Western he's, European. Yeah, Western European. Beirut, yeah, yeah. So he's from Beirut, but he grew up. Yeah, yeah. By way of Sweden, um, but yeah, there was there was definitely a a Western European uh, non British um, uh, cultural vibe to the to the game that yeah. I appreciated. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, it takes two to to be able to experience some more of that weird co-op from from Hazelight Studios. Yeah, yeah and especially. I, st- sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, no, please, Brandon. I was just I was just going to couch out with like especially they seem to continue to tap the vein of like those really uh, traumatic is the wrong word to use, but but right. very emotional instances in life, right? Like right. Uh, jail and, and death and, right. and brothers and. Uh, and a way out, and, and now divorce. Yes, yeah. and it takes two. So um, it seems like there's a lot of you know um, pain that you can you can sort of mine there and right. and sort of smelt that into something that that's a really emotive experience. Yeah, and uh, I, I just appreciate that Joseph seems to be uh, not seems he is he's he is completely embraced cooperative play in nice. a way that I feel like no other studio is not that other studios aren't doing co-op, but I mean, he, he builds his games entirely around the idea of a two player uh, mechanic or, or uh, even in the case of brothers, you could play it by yourself and just control each brother. You, you, you control both of them yourself. And I just love the, the way he's explored that. And uh, what's the, the common refrain i mean i put it in my notes when i first saw the trailer and then uh, other people were saying this the same thing or a lot of people drew the same conclusion is uh, a lot of uh pixar inside out vibes yeah from it takes mm-hmm. two with that sort of exploration of emotion and even the art style is a is a more it looks it seems to be more of a cartoony thing rather than of course uh, a way out was super just realistic like a like a 70s crime drama so uh i love that that joseph continues to to go down that road. I like, I always wanted a co-op splinter cell game, like the, the mm. co-op mode of splinter cell chaos theory where, where it required two people to do things, but a whole game of that. And like Joseph is in his own way, finally been the one to, to actually make that. So uh, looking forward to seeing what's next there. All right. That's pretty much all the everything from EA other than uh, Rocket Arena from right. Kevin Franklin's studio, which <laughs> what an interesting uh, story. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that one, uh, it's been around a bit. It was originally like IGN exclusively revealed it. We revealed uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a funny story about that game, which I'm not sure if it's if I can tell it public. I'll, t- I'll t- ask Kevin, but um, <laughs> like a weird connection to it, not like a ethically violating connection, but um, <laughs> it involves the name of the game. But anyway. Uh, yeah, Stella, uh, Stella Chung from our team played a bunch of it before the, uh, uh, via embargo. And so there's a, she's got an awesome seven minute detailed preview on YouTube right now, if you want to check that out, but it's, it's kind of, it's a hero shooter, three V three, and it's got some real like super smash brothers kind of elements to it, which, which seems interesting. All right, guys, let's talk now about 
Cyberpunk 2077. We do have Night City Wire this week, a big game, big uh, event, gameplay event for mm. Cyberpunk. But uh, even though that event will continue, the game has now moved further back from September, uh, delayed to November here. So in a letter from CD Projekt Red co-founder Marcy Nowinski and the studio head Adam Badowski, they explained how ready when it's done is not just a phrase we say because it sounds right. It's something we live by even when we know we'll take the heat for it. At the same time, we are fully aware that making such a decision costs us your trust and trading that trust for additional time is one of the hardest decisions a game developer can, can make. And despite, uh, despite that, we think it's the right decision for the game. We'd still like to apologize for making your wait longer. Our intention is to make Cyberpunk 2077 something that will stay with you for years to come. In the end, we hope you understand why we did what we did. Uh, at the time we are writing these words, Cyberpunk 2077 is finished, both content and gameplay-wise. The quests, cutscenes, the skills and items, all the adventures Night City has to offer, it's all there. But with such an abundance of content and complex systems interweaving with each other, we need to properly go through everything, balance game mechanics, and fix a lot of bugs. A huge world means a huge number of things to iron out, and we will spend the additional time doing exactly that. Uh, Cicero, I'll start, start with you. Are you, uh, are you disappointed? Are you upset? Where, where do you sit with this? So, so that, uh, that mea culpa... Um, comes from when when people do create mea culpas like that, it usually comes from someone who doesn't need to do something like that. Um, it you know it comes from someone who has spent a lot of time building trust and building goodwill, and and they're they're displaying their humility in in mm -hmm. in a comment like that. And so to me, it's a non-story. If they say that they need more time. We've got The Witcher Three. That you know, the proof is there. They have built. They have built the trust. So if if they need to take more time to do it, I I trust them when they say they need more time to make it work. Um, and and look, I I just want you to take the time you need to produce a game that is the cyberpunk version of The Witcher Three. So. If if it if it's only going to take you three more months or two more months from September to November for that to happen, go right ahead. You know, take take your time. I'll be here. My money will be here when you guys are done. Don't worry. Well, I'm glad you brought up your money will be there because that 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 is sort of the other big story. Uh, I set here. you up, Ryan. I just well, set you you're, up. You're no here again. Destin's fired. It's going <laughs> to be you from. <laughs> Brandon Tyrell, uh, this puts us this puts Cyberpunk pretty squarely in what uh, roughly where we within a matter of one to three weeks yeah. where we expect the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five to land. So, uh, d does that matter to you? Are you does that does that impact your uh, your budget for either for either Cyberpunk or the consoles? What do you make of this? I mean, it's going to be a different use case, right? I don't think that, you know, as people in the games media, we're, we're kind of sort of the archetype of what people expect. Um, but here's the thing. If there was one game that I think could compete with launch of new consoles, it's going to be Cyberpunk. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird sort of tricky kind of 
timing window, but if it's on this side of, I'm sorry, it, it was November. What was the date that they moved to? You know what? I think I've, I like an idiot forgot to write it down. <laughs> I want to say 19th? the 19th. I, I thought and it was the 19th, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. That, that would effectively be a week or two before we expect consoles to go on sale. Traditionally they're around the 25th, right? That, well, uh, I mean, they were last bit. time, Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we'll see who knows. In, in, in either case, I mean, you know, they know what we're doing. I imagine two weeks to play cyberpunk uh, is probably going to be, you know, enough for most people to get through it. So I imagine like that's that sort of timing um, while aggressive, right, to to get it out and get it playable for long enough before a new console drops. And they run the risk of like losing the narrative to the next new big shiny thing. Um, I think that it's a big enough game with a big enough install base and five years of hype behind it that it's going to do just fine. Like it, It's really one of the only cases I would say that it, they're going to be fine launching around new consoles so yeah and uh it's a good point because the the thing i think about too is part of what has enabled cd project red (laughs) to to do what they do they don't have a a corporate overlord telling them that that's influencing them in any way like just like bungie has now spun out completely independently and even broken off from their uh, their arrangement with activision you know, CD Projekt Red is is in this rare category of a triple A, just top tier, like top five, top ten industry developer that answers to no one but themselves. So if these guys, if if CD Projekt Red was owned by pretty much any major third party publisher, there you you might see pressure. I'm not who knows ultimately, but I could I could see a, a situation where a publisher might go, no, 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 you need to stay away. Yeah. from console launches we've got other things we're launching with this platform these platforms just you need to get it out in september or we'll give you two extra weeks and that's it but they don't have that issue and they can they're they have the power to just run headlong into november and the way i look at this guys is that this game is now next gen launch lineup insurance mm-hmm. where if the launch lineup sucks, which I really hope it doesn't because that would mean Halo Infinite would be bad. <laughs> if the launch lineup sucks, you've still got Cyberpunk to, yeah. to fall back on as a, a major, you know, super hyped, hopefully going to be really, really great game. Um, but and you, uh, you, you better believe that marketing points <clears throat> will speak to the fact that like, well, even though it's not made for next gen, new hardware will allow you to optimize and get the most out of, you know, right. So yeah. I, I I can totally see your point there as well. Uh, and uh, it's it's just worth clarifying because I've heard this come up a lot. CD Projekt Red's been super explicitly clear mm-hmm. that the there will be a Series X optimized version, but that that won't be at launch. It would come later. This does not change that. Uh, so it's still going to just, it will run on Series X in compatibility mode, which Jason Ronald talked about last week. But it's not going to be a fully dialed-in Series X version. So right. the nice part is you'll still get automatic upgrades, like Jason mm-hmm. talked about on last week's show. So it might, it should hopefully bump the frame rate, maybe bump the resolution a little bit. But don't expect any like texture work or or you know ray tracing or anything like that. But uh, it's you're still going to get arguably, I mean, even over probably over the PS5 and whatever compatibility mode they might do, the best console experience for this video game, 
is going to be uh, on on Series X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I think that you know going into it, like we we've seen the we've seen this playbook with. Uh, Rockstar before, right? right With right. cross-generational games. I think GTA right. 5 is now the only two-time cross-generational game. Right. <laughs> three, yeah, three gen. Three, three, three gen. gen, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Destiny Destiny counts as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, Destiny 1 was on 360 60, and, and right. uh, PS3. Is, gonna, is Destiny 1 going to be on next gen? Right. No. Well, I mean, the content no. is, like we talked That's about. That's Destiny 2. With, yeah. But they're but they're having. I don't want to get into this again. But they're gonna, they're no, we're going to figure this out right yeah, now. Right, right now. <laughs> because you were you were not last week, but it's uh the they're have they're having like the content vault where they're going to bring stuff back uh, into from, Destiny Two from Destiny One, and, and so it kind right. it it kind of counts. But nevertheless, yes, your point about about anyway, cross generational yeah. GTA stands. Um, but we've seen the playbook where you know we know there's a multiplayer component to Cyberpunk that won't be ready for quite some time. Right. Um, and you know, if if Rockstar, a video game company that seems like it knows what it's doing, uh, takes a year to make the PC slash game of the year port, right, for next gen. Um I'm, I'm sorry, the PC port plus the game of the year stuff that's added in there, plus the next gen versions, and then re-release that as a package later on. If they if they take about a year for that, then I could see maybe a cyberpunk uh you know, Xbox Series X um or PS5 version with multiplayer baked into it launching sometime in 2021. Right. Right. I mean we're, you're you'll still get the via smart delivery, you'll still mm-hmm. get that Series X optimized version for free if you buy it. Right, you know, buy right. it, uh, buy the Xbox One version. God, that's such fall. a crazy good deal. I so, cannot believe. <laughs> like Cicero, what are you eyeing in the launch uh, around launch? Like, are you planning to get a Series <clears throat> X at launch? Or are you gonna you're gonna wait a little bit? And if you are if you are buying, uh, are you just gonna Game Pass it for Halo and maybe pick up a third party game or two? Or and what's your plan? And I and does does Cyberpunk now fold into that plan? Uh, yes. Full stop. Right. So, um, yeah, so a little bit, a little bit about me. Um, I, I, I had an Xbox at launch. I had a 360 at launch, uh, had a Xbox one at launch, um, had the one S two terabyte version, which is behind my nice. left shoulder. I had That's a, rare. a one, one X, uh, Xbox one X Scorpio edition at launch. So, I will have a Series X at launch uh, as well. I'll probably also have a PS5 at launch. So, you know, anybody that is a PlayStation fan can't uh, can't say that my blood bleeds green um, <laughs> right, right out here. But um, having said all that, yes, I, I will have a Series X. Uh, yes, I will be getting Cyberpunk. Um, I just spent a lot of money on a really, really nice PC. Um, so there, so the, the, where I'm playing that game may, may, uh, may is still up in the air. Um, but, but I definitely will have cyberpunk. Um, but yeah, the games that uh, Xbox is so uniquely positioned with game pass, like that, that you, if you're a fan of their first party, all you need is the new console and game pass yeah. and you're, you're, you're set, you're set. And then anything else that you get is gravy. 
so, uh, you know, I haven't really thought about what my launch lineup will be, what I am going to be purchasing, but what I do know that I'll be purchasing the console and I already have Game Pass. So, you know, I'll have a, a huge library available to me day one, you know, from the from the time I start installing stuff. Yeah, and we've spoken a little bit about that as Game Pass is sort of a launch lineup insurance mechanism, right? right? Because people forget, like, in in the past, it it wasn't always like this. You couldn't just download a video game. When a new console launched, there were, like, four things you could buy. Um, So now, I'm not saying that's the road we're headed down anyway, but now with Game Pass, you buy your Xbox Series X, you buy Halo Infinite, and maybe one other launch game, right? That's a that's a hefty chunk of change, so you got to cool it for a while. But you've got Game Pass, so when you finish those, or you just want uh, like a, a change of flavor, uh, you've got literally maybe a thousand games to download, right. and, and they might not be next gen games, but there are certainly games you haven't played, right. and certainly games that we uh, will will you know theoretically look better on your Series X. So. Uh, it's such an interesting the the ecosystem that Microsoft has built. Uh, we're now seeing it interact with a, a console launch for the first time, right. and uh, it's really really cool to see it to see all the things working together. All the levers are being pulled at the same time. I think we're in a really good spot. Awesome. Uh, and by the way, one what <laughs> actually the reason we're doing the show on Monday today. Uh, you're going to want to stay tuned to IGN later this week, not just for summer of gaming, as Brandon mentioned, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. And one of those things is. Uh, Miranda and I are playing Cyberpunk 2077, so look for that coverage later this week. Hashtag flex. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but the game's uh, not right. done, Ryan. It's, 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 it's previewable. That's what I do. I preview things. Rocksteady, guys, uh, real quick here. We, we cannot let this episode go by without uh, – we'll have to run a little long here because big big rumor here. Rocksteady's been in the news. I mean, you know, every year this time, it's like Rocksteady's going to announce their new thing. It's E3. They're going to, it's time. And then they never do. Eventually it will come true. And perhaps it is going to come true uh, in, in the summer festival game content this year. So uh, they're also part of the, these rumors about the sale uh, that we talked about last week of, of WB interactive A new report claims that Batman Arkham Studio Rocksteady is indeed the developer behind the Suicide Squad game mentioned in domain name registrations. According to Eurogamer, the London studio has been working on the project for years and the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League dot com domain name is potentially the game's full title as well as a summation of its content. Eurogamer also says that the domains were registered by WB Interactive uh, that Gotham Knights refers to WB Montreal's long-rumored Court of Owls game that's been badly, stupidly teased for months, uh, and that both games will be shown in some respect at the DC FanDome event that's uh, later this summer, you know, separate from the Comic-Con, uh, lack of Comic-Con. So, But th- this came from the fact that there were domain registrations, internet domain registrations, for... Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. Uh, these were discovered by a Resetera user, uh, which include and there was there was Suicide Squad Game dot com, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League dot com, and Gotham Knights Game dot com. So uh, there you go. So maybe some more more evidence with some follow up reporting there by Eurogamer that Rocksteady may be building Suicide Squad Cicero. That's uh, that's an interesting choice 
of of WBIP, is it not? It, it is. So, the, so the first thing that struck me was, uh, um, I think whoever the PR marketing team is over at the WB had been watching a, a few too many episodes of Mad Men and uh, decided that they were just going to, uh, to regurgitate some things that they that were inspired by there because those names are just awful. Um, but <laughs> but nonetheless, um, it is still exciting. Uh, especially a Suicide Squad game, because you know you look at the, you think about the movie, and the movie, your your feelings about it aside, I think that I think it's it's okay to say that it underwhelmed, um, but I think that there's lots of good stuff that you could do with that property. One of the things is if you take that Suicide Squad, uh, if you make the Suicide Squad game similar to Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Where it is a, a you know multiplayer right. kind of RPG beat 'em up, um, I think you could do you know with drop in drop out with with that with all of those different players that you have available. I think that that could be a really compelling game um, that you know that people will enjoy and and would probably generate more interest in in that particular IP and that and that license, um, the Suicide Squad in, in general. So. Um, you could do something great with that. Uh, the, the other stuff, eh, whatever. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I hadn't thought about the the Marvel Ultimate Alliance like an action RPG angle. That that could that could work very well because you've got such different characters, right? In the Suicide right. Squad, yeah, you could. Yeah, that could be a. I, I like your thinking on that. That could be a really interesting way to go. Um, yeah. Once a, yeah. once or twice a week, I have a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Tyrell, Rocksteady Studios. Suicide Squad. I really, hope, I really hope they don't announce it before they announce the next Batman game because I don't want to deal with that day on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's it's a domain name, right? Like, it could be anything. Um, no real information outside of that's a very interesting property considering there is already a, uh, a precedent for, for that property in popular media right now, in mainstream media. Um, being the movie obviously didn't do super well, but you know, the game isn't bound by the movie's fate or anything. It's just, there's a perception out there now. So it's an, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to go, right. To, to do the suicide squad, but I would love to see some sort of ensemble video game, either multiple, um, um, ultimate Alliance, uh, esque, or if they wanted to to go the same way as like Square is going with Marvel's Avengers and and do like third person action game, but you play as each member of the team. Um, I just worry that that's a that's a very expensive route to go. So I, I don't know. Like I, I I'm not sure what to expect here, but I really 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 hope they don't announce it before they give us at least some more information about uh, the next Batman game because that is that is a uh, thin ice they'd be walking on. Yeah, you know, a thought occurs to me while you were talking that the you know this domain of uh, and possible game title of Suicide Squad kills the Justice League for years for or for a long for a long stretch of time during the the many years now it's now been five years since uh, since Arkham Knight shipped mm-hmm. the, there were there were rumors for a while that that Rocksteady's game was a Silver Age set Justice League game. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's will turn out to actually kind of be true and maybe you end up playing as both the suicide squad and the justice league as sort of alternating or or separate campaigns over the course of of whatever this thing ends up being and it's sort of a head-to-head thing with a 
you know, super cool, high production value story attached to it. So that yeah, would be it's, very uh, cool. it's going to be, uh, I, I think we're all just ready to finally learn whatever it is <laughs> Rocksteady is up to. And it's going to be interesting to see if, if the, just that annual hype cycle that keeps ending in them staying quiet when they do finally say something, are people going to be excited or will have people have kind of gone through the hype cycle one too many times and end up a little, a little like less than excited about it. I, I, I certainly hope not. I hope it's going to be uh, totally just awesome and wow inducing and, and be a lot of fun, but it's uh, we shouldn't have to wait too much longer. Hopefully. I know I've said that every year for the last three years, but we'll see. All right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap up. We got two segments. We've got the loot box. Cicero, we like to ask the, uh, we have our audience ask us a question about anything in the world of Xbox, and we'll just each kind of talk about it for a minute. Our gamer tag submission comes from Final Snake Eye, and that person writes, since I've been playing video games, I've learned much about history. In fact, the game Blazing Angel started my love for World War II aviation. I've been a social studies teacher for the past two years, and I've been trying to incorporate video games into my lessons. For the upcoming school year, I will be teaching world history and will be incorporating the Discovery Tour modes from Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey, I know a favorite game of Brendan Tyrell's, in my lessons. Fingers crossed Assassin's Creed Valhalla will have this mode as well. My question for the Unlock crew is, have, have you ever learned about actual history from video games uh, and if so, what game, what'd you learn? Love the show. Thanks for all you do. Brandon, I'm going to go your way first, since uh, you are a big Odyssey fan. You know, you definitely know what Final Snake Eye is talking about. Yeah, um, it's hard to, like, pinpoint one thing, right? But I think the Assassin's Creed series is is a really good example of how they do this well. Any, any game that takes, like, history and makes it historical fiction to a degree. Yeah. Come on, no, nothing in Assassin's Creed is, like, you know... To the T, but uh, there are a lot of like time periods, cultures, elements, like historic battles, stuff like that you can learn about. Um, I think Assassin's Creed is really good for that. And I have certainly learned quite a bit, although on the spot, I'm really having trouble pulling up anything in particular. Um, but other series, uh, I, like I, I'm now really like I, I'm really fascinated by World War II and everything that went on and sort of comprised it, you know, socially, economically, and of course, you know, the military aspect of it as well. But, you know, there were there has been no shortage of World War II video games, uh, as you guys know. But like Brothers in Arms taught me a lot about that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you, you learn about big major milestones in, in that sort of theater, right? The European theater with, uh, I think I learned about Operation Market Garden, right? Which was an attempt to end the war early by airdropping Allied troops into the Netherlands. And, and that was just a huge disaster. Um, so you, you pick up tidbits like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say, you know, Call of Duty, Brothers in Arms, like there are a million World War II series out there that I've picked up information from, Assassin's Creed as well. Um, I'm sure there's a, there's a ton more that I just can't recall right now, but uh, that would be my answer. Cicero, how about you? Um, yeah, so Brandon stole all of my answers. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, AC2 right off the bat, uh, talking about Leonardo da Vinci and and some of the things that that uh, he had invented and just you know how prolific he was. And and then you know, obviously, just talking about uh, 
the Italian kind the of Medici's, the, yeah, yeah, the Medici's from the yeah, the, the just the political hierarchy and intrigue of the of that time was definitely something that that jumped off the screen and into you know onto uh en- encyclopedia. I'm sorry, I'm old. A Wikipedia page or, <laughs> you know, or something something to that effect. Um, Brothers in Arms was as soon as I heard Brandon talking about AC, I started thinking Brothers Damn in it. Arms. <laughs> and and yeah. yeah, exactly. So so what I will add to this conversation is is not necessarily true historically historically accurate stuff. <laughs> Excuse me, but that sneeze um came from Oh, oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Edit those out. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, Mafia 3, where, oh, yeah. where um, you know, the protagonist was a Vietnam vet who had come back to uh, a, a fictionalized version of like New Orleans and, and the South um, and experienced very palpable racism while also dealing with the the after effects of being a soldier and, and the PTSD that, that comes with that along with trying to uh, help liberate and, and uh, free, free his, his friends and family and, and compatriots from oppression um, are, are, are things that if you're, if you're a fan of that game and weren't necessarily familiar with, with that period of time in, in our American history might give you a chance to, or might inspire you to, to go back and look at history. Um, so those those are games that that I think about. One more, uh, even though I'm I'm I am cheating. I'm going to pick a one of the games, Brendan, one of the World War II games, Brendan already mentioned. But actually, this one's not out yet. And so uh, there's a game. It's Respawn is making it, uh, and it's oh, Medal yeah. of Honor Above and Beyond, and it's yeah. a VR game that's being published. Uh, Respawn's making it, and it's being sort of co-published by, of course, EA, but Oculus Studios as well. I saw this game a year ago. And, uh, the, like, okay, it's a VR first person shooter medal of honor game should hopefully be good. I hope it seemed fun enough uh, and it's, and it's had a lot more time in the oven since then, but there's a part of the game that's as, as you go, you unlock these, uh, world war two veteran little mini documentaries, uh, that, that the team, they actually, they partnered up with a, with a, a veterans organization and they found uh, a number, this handful of surviving world war II veterans. They're all gentlemen in their nineties now. Uh, and they went out and, and they actually took these men to the site of their, uh, their, their world war II, like part of their world war II experience. So the, the one I was shown a part of, was a guy who I think he lives in like Long Island or somewhere in New York State now. And they flew him. He'd never been back. They flew him to Normandy. And this gentleman had flown. Uh, so after the, the actual D-Day invasion, they, they'd flown. They would sh- launch these gliders off the battleships offshore to fly in uh, and to get across enemy lines and get back, uh, to, you know, to get further inland. And uh, these these gliders, basically, they had a literal crash rate of they would crash half the time, 50 percent of the time they were going to go down. And this gentleman, this guy crashed and uh, landed in a in a in a patch of farmland. And uh, so they brought him back there to, and he'd never really talked about that experience. 
And so they, they're interviewing him. They bring him back there. It's very emotional. And then this, uh, the, this, the crazy part was, and I, and I've talked to the developers since I know I'm going on here, but just humor me on this. Cause this is, it was, it was profound. Uh, they go there to film in this farmland and, and like these other people come out of the house. It's like a, a daughter, a granddaughter, I guess, granddaughter. And then uh, another older gentleman, Frenchman comes out and uh, had seen, had, had, had seen the, the glider go down in what 19 was at 44. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was a kid at the time. Like he was a kid. So they're both like <laughs> wow. in their nineties now. <laughs> And so, and they'd never met. And this, so they're, they, they meet and they talk yeah. about, it's like they each share their side of the story. And it was like, if you, it was so emotional and so yeah. powerful yeah. and they filmed a number of these that are sort of their, the, the, their missions in the game loosely sort of tied and inspired by those real world things. And I, the first thing I said to the, the respawn team was like, you got to release these. Like you, you can't right. make, you can't like with all due respect, I know you got a game to sell, you can't hide these in a VR in a video game. Like these, yeah. the world has to see these. So um, that to me is going to be worth playing that game alone. Uh, and hopefully they will find a way to get them out there. But but just that I never like. I obviously learned a lot, and that's I keep your eye on that video game if you've got uh, a, an Oculus headset because that was it's one of the most powerful things I've ever scene yeah. and it's it's not a game you know it's it belongs on the history channel and i hope i hope it actually does go on the history channel but it was it's awesome it reminds me so much of like the end of brothers in arms where you see the actual men portrayed by right. the, the yes. actors yeah yeah um and it also reminds me of the marketing campaign for halo 3 do you remember that uh where they took all of those those uh fictional vets from right. the the you know the the, the covenant war and they brought them back to their areas and they were talking to him about, oh, like, yeah. yeah, we were pinned down here. And then they turned the lights off and he's like, I don't like it. I don't like right. it. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Right in the heart every time. All right, okay. guys. Uh, unlock block trivia real quick here. Dave Rowe asks, Xbox console code names are typically well known, but Microsoft, all, well, they have code names for everything, including their controllers. So including controllers. What was the code name for the original Elite controller? This is ver version two. And I have to say, I did not know this. Um, I knew the code name for this one, the 360 one. But so the code name for the first Elite controller, was it Hercules, Spartan, Troy, or Goliath? This is such a dirty. Yeah. So, <laughs> this I'm is gonna, tricky. I'm going to put Brandon on the spot first. I don't know this one either. Um. I think Spartan's a little too on the nose. I want to go with Hercules because it's, I think that's the mind frame of like this controller will be able to do every, everything, anything, but I also really like Goliath. I'm going to go probably Troy. Uh, I'm going to go a Hercules. Cicero, do you have any thoughts on this? So, so um, I'll, I'll give you a quick hint, like not a hint, hint, but okay. the, the, the proof here was submitted by Dave was, this showed up in the the Digital Foundry uh, tech deep dive that they did okay. earlier this year with Series X. Right. They walked them through a room like they had a, they had every Xbox like controller ever, 
including their code names. So if right. you watch that video, uh, that's where uh, you would learn this. Okay. If you didn't know it already. So go All ahead, right. Cicero. So I didn't watch that video. I don't know it already. I am trying to logic my way through this, just like Brandon. <laughs> um, sure, right. logic. Let's call right. it logic. Right. So, so Spartan, Spartan, yes, a little too on the nose. Um, the thing that gr- I gravitated towards um, is C, because my name is Cicero. Um, but also Troy, because the Elite Controller comes in a box. It it is it is greater than the sum of its parts. It has all of these extra little pieces with it, so therefore it is like this Trojan horse, so much greater and bigger and and more spectacular than you could possibly ever imagine it to be, and. It defeats your competition. Therefore, oh man, that is some Olympic levels of like talking your way through that. Thank you, thank you. I I I appreciate that. I have a PhD in bovine scatology, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) I see. You're also a BS artist, right? right. (laughs) Brandon, uh, that was it. Was an Olympic gold medal effort from Cicero because he's exactly correct. It was Troy. Are you kidding me? Thank you. Well thank done. You. Thank well you. done. Thank you. You're going on the board, which is yes. the, the board lives in. When in doubt, choose C. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. When in doubt, choose C. You know, always, always bet on Cicero. Does that does that mean my dookie is coming in the mail? Uh, <laughs> well, you're a few points behind, but hey, the year, we've got six months left in the year. All right. So All right. You got plenty of time. Yeah, you're on the board. Sharif got on the board last week. Yeah. Destin at four. Uh, but again, he's fired. You, you've replaced right, him. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Brandon at six, leading the way over Miranda's five. I so. have no idea how that's possible. Like <laughs> at all. You used to be on this show every week. That's yeah, uh, I know. Right. <laughs> but I don't know that much. So. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, Cicero, fantastic job. You Thank completely you. logicked your way through it brilliantly. Well done. And I invite anyone in the unlocked audience to send in either a loot box question for the panel and or a an unlocked block trivia question. If you're sending in a trivia, please include the question for multiple choice answers and do note the correct one in your email, and we'll play again next week. All right, it is time to get out of here. We've had a nice long episode this week, plenty to talk about, busy week in the world of Xbox. Uh, so Cicero, where can we follow you on Twitter and certainly mention mention that Star Trek podcast again? Let's uh, let's get up some promotion for you here, my friend. Well, thank you, thank you so much for for having me on. Um, uh, first off, all social media platforms. I am at Stubby Stan. Uh, also, uh, if you guys want to uh, friend me on Xbox, I am Stubby Stan as well. Stubby is my first name. Stan is my last name. I've got an OG Xbox name, so I have a white space in there. Um, so, uh, go ahead and, and, and check that out. Please feel free to friend me, uh, and where you can find me. So on the discovery debrief podcast at DSC debrief on Twitter, I'm also a member of the incomparable member of, uh, podcast network. So I'm always doing a podcast there. Um, special shout out to my castmates over on rivals of Waterdeep. 
You can find them at twitch.tv slash DND uh, on every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I am not on this season, but I hopefully will be back uh, next season with my character, Perrin Underbow. Um, but uh, the first, the season premiere was this past Sunday. So please go forward and uh, take a look at those. Uh, is there anything else? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. If you like the sound of my voice, this voice is for hire. Um, so go ahead and check me out on all, all, all of my social media platforms. Be happy to audition for you. Uh, and uh, shout out to my nephew, Anthony, who has a flight stick and is a big Star Wars fan and is ready to play uh, Star Wars Squadron with his flight stick, hopefully. Nice. Yeah, we got. Yeah. they did say that flight sticks will be supported on PC, right. so that's going to be right. good. That's awesome. Brandon Tyrell. Hey, I'm Brandon Tyrell. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell, and I am working on Summer of Gaming. If you've liked it, uh, let us know. If you haven't, you have no idea what we're talking about, go check out IGN. Tons of crazy, cool, exclusive content going up uh, all month long. There are literally dozens of hours of content live already uh, that you can go back and watch, uh, and we've got a couple more this week. So stay tuned to IGN Wednesday and Thursday of this week, uh, and lots more coming. Excellent. Uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. The Crossfire X multiplayer beta preview is up on IGN on, and on YouTube now. The open beta for that starts on Thursday, the 25th. So if you want to go play it, you can just go download it. Let's go download the beta on Xbox. Check it out. Uh, and then I talked about Night City Wire. That's coming up uh, complete with uh, the preview coverage from Miranda and myself later this week as well, and IGN Unfiltered with Max Schaefer and Matt Ullman from the Blizzard North team, and now currently of the Torchlight 3 team. So talking Diablo 2, talking Torchlight, that full episode drops Tuesday, which might be now, depending on when you're listening to this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll be tomorrow. It's coming right up. And that will wrap us up. So I want to thank our producer, Tayo. I want to thank Brandon Tyrell, and especially our special guest, Cicero Holmes, uh, had a great time podcasting with you, my friend. Please come back and see us again. Just call my name and I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, happy gaming, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.